0: Hey, I have a terrible secret. I live in Maryland, closer to D.C., but I'm totally not a Washington Redskins fan. Ouch. Sorry. I I grew up in New York and my blood is green. Yeah. And I I know that's not better or anything. Just thought I'd tell you. (laughs) Although there was that Super Bowl back in the day when I was totally starstruck by John Riggins if I had to name some Redskins that I'd like that I have to include him Doug Williams and of course my guest today who am I talking about well before we find that out I have a question for my son son what are we talking about We talking about leadership, communication, public speaking, storytelling, motivation. And if you listen, you can
1: speak out to the nation. If you think about it, life is your own creation. RK3 is the show. He speaks with confidence. He speaks with that flow. And you should
0: already know how it goes. They're rolling with a pro. The RK3 Show. Hey! It's the RK3 show. I'm Robert Kennedy the third, RK3. That's me. And this is episode 66. Yes. It's looking like we're gonna get back outside sometime in the future. Like soon. I hope. I think. I believe. (laughs) Either way, I'm good. I mean, I want to get back to normal, air quotes, but my inner introvert is starting to talk loud all of a sudden and he's saying bro this is good i don't need to go back to anything this staying at home stuff is a ok with me i wish i was making that up but i'm not there's there's a big piece of me that that's kind of loving this Shh. without you know with, without the sad parts i mean if we could recreate this whole world stay at home thing without any medical problems etc i i think I might sign up. <laughs> Anywho, how are you? Listen, I want to know. Shoot me a voicemail at robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. I want to hear your voice, and I'd love to play your message on an upcoming podcast. And here's a question that you can answer me. answer for me. What is something you were led to believe as a child that you found out later wasn't true? What is something you were led to believe as a child that you later found out Wasn't true. Go to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail to leave me a message with your answer. I'll place some of them on an upcoming episode. If you haven't been listening, you've missed some great episodes this season, like Presidential Leadership with Anton Gunn, Age is a Number with Andy Audate cars, Christ and communication with David Villa. And last week we had the amazing Alicia Dunhams. We've got some amazing episodes coming up, so listen out for that info at the end of the show. Today's show is brought to you by Speakerflow. If you are a speaker or interested in the game of public speaking, the business of public speaking, get connected with Speakerflow. Flow. They have many awesome tools to help you build an amazing speaking business. As a matter of fact, here's one of the founders, Austin, to tell you a little bit more. I've been a fan of what you've been doing for quite some time. And and now you've launched Speakerflow in the recent past. Why Speakerflow? Why does Speakerflow exist?
2: Well, the three co-founders, myself included, were all working with speakers prior to starting Speakerflow in different capacities. I was actually the VP of sales at a software company that offered a tool for speakers. Uh, One of my partners was doing digital marketing. So website development, paid ads, that kind of stuff. And then my third partner was doing sales. So he was actually the person on the phone closing deals for speakers. And uh, we basically all just noticed that there was this lack of business process that a lot of speakers were faced with. And to us, that totally made sense. I mean, most speakers tend to have some really awesome experiences that have led to them being sort of an inspirational figure, or they're an expert in some other capacity. And so they speak on the topic of their expertise. And those things are awesome, and they need to be shared, but they don't always correlate exactly to business sense. <laughs> and it's no fault of their own. And there's, it's just complex. You know, there's a lot of moving parts. So our objective when we started speaker, flow was to basically help speakers align their sales processes, their marketing processes, and their operational processes, meaning like the back office stuff and operate more like a business and less like a garage band that's gigging around. (laughs) Um, So that's, that's sort of the history of where we came from.
0: So what are some of the things that you offer now that really help storytellers, presenters, speakers run their businesses more effectively?
2: It sort of falls into two main categories. The first one is software. So we do offer a couple of tools. Um, One of them is called the Intel Engine, which is uh, a prospecting and research tool. Um, The other one is a CRM called Speakerflow CRM. CRM is a little bit of a strange one, which we could talk about some other time, but it's built on top of an existing platform called Soho. So we basically yeah. just made it as easy as possible for speakers to use and then offer training with it. So that's the software piece. The other side is our coaching piece. Um, historically, we we're actually a consulting company. That's where our roots were. Uh, but we've recently launched Speakerflow University, which is our group coaching platform that's supposed to be more accessible to more speakers and also facilitates the community element that I think a lot of people are seeking in this space. Right. Um, so depending on what somebody's needs are, it can kind of go either direction or both. Um, we think we find that the support aspect of it is probably the most important, though. We don't want to offer silver bullets and magic wands. We want to yeah. see actual change happen.
0: Yeah. So, based on the fact that the speaker industry is changing quite a bit from face to face to a lot more virtual events, we're seeing what are some of the things that Speaker Flow is doing, and what should speakers be aware of going forward?
2: I mean there's there's a few things to take into consideration here. I mean on one side the digital thing is is new for the most part and I think that there's a lot of adjustment when it comes to pitching the digital stuff. But that isn't the only thing that's gonna happen moving forward. We're looking at, you know, end of this year or quarter one or quarter two of twenty twenty one and live events are still getting booked. So I'm gonna start with some hopefulness <laughs> that yeah. it'll probably return back to some level of normalcy eventually. But in the meantime, we have have to worry about two main things really one of them is going to be the actual capability the capacity to run virtual events so for example a really solid home studio and we've actually just partnered with one of the other heavy hitters in the industry to Uh, produce and launch a course about how to set up an in-home studio. So that's one of the things we're helping with. The other side is the messaging piece. Um, You know, Us as speakers or the people that are in this community, we have the challenge of being able to pivot ourselves to the virtual side of things, but so do all these companies. And there's really not a good way to communicate a lot of these topics well at this point, at least not in a way that's time-tested since this whole thing is new to everybody. So a lot of what we help with is just how you can position yourself as a virtual speaker, showcase that expertise to the people that are capable of you know purchasing your services and become your clients, the processes that that go with that and make that as easy as possible. The content side and the delivery side, I guess, is what we're looking at for virtual.
0: Why should they go with speaker flow?
2: I think the biggest thing is we, we know our stuff, you know? And outside of the fact that we're hundred percent tailored to the thought leadership space, I, I mentioned this earlier, but we're not chasing silver bullets and magic wands. We're not telling you that there's one magical solution that's gonna solve all of your problems. Mm-hmm. The reality is is that there's a lot of moving parts that any business has to take into consideration and will help speakers get their arms around it so they can feel more confident both in their own business and for their clients when it comes to delivering high-quality, high-value content.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Austin. Yeah,
2: no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome, Austin. (laughs) Thank you. Let's hop into today's episode. Brian Mitchell is a former Super Bowl-winning running back for the Washington Redskins. Brian had a successful 14-year career in the NFL and made the transition after his career to analyst and motivational speaker, Let's hear how Brian made it from the gridiron to the grandstand. If you are from the Washington, D.C. area, you know him, you love him. He is a motivator. He is a Super Bowl champion. He is a former running back and punt returner. Man, this dude has records, and he's also the host of the self-named show, The Brian Mitchell Show. Brian, what's happening today, brother? Oh, nothing much, man. How you doing? I'm amazing, my friend. I cannot complain. I am glad to be with you today. We have all of this COVID-19, coronavirus stuff happening, and we are still able to be connected today to just have a good conversation, man.
1: That's it, you know, and uh, I I tell you, COVID-19 has made a lot of people become closer with their families and uh, probably a good thing, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, definitely a good thing. So I just talked about you being a, a motivator, man. I, I want to start with that. And not a motivator only from the things that you're doing now, but uh, if I look at your website, it says you've always been that. You, you've you <laughs> always been known as the dude that really hypes up the team and gets them moving in the right direction. I mean, when it, when things are challenging like they are now, right, you have some people that really want to isolate in their own mm-hmm. space their own mental emotional space how do you go to the place of still motivating people when things oh,
1: are changing? I, i've been this way my whole life you know uh my dad always told me that you know leaders are it's in you when you're yeah. a leader you don't have, nobody has to tell you to be a leader yeah. and if you hear people saying can you train a person to be a leader if it's not in you you can't wow. but I, I can remember being a young kid to where when something was going on i wanted to be in the front You know, I was always taught not to follow, you know, try to be that person who's going to lead. And it it began to stick to me even when I got into football and then leaving it. It's it's just like being uh, in that sense, is like you're always preparing. Yeah. You know, you're not looking for or waiting for. You're preparing yourself for what if. And when a situation pops up, I've always felt that. You know, I have a way to either get through it or get around it or, or do something in that nature. And it, it's just been me. I was a quarterback in, uh, starting in eighth grade. And, I, and mm-hmm. I, I was like that. And I just became that person in everyday life. You know, I have four kids myself. And yeah. when I go out of my house and I talk to people, you know, if I'm not doing it inside of my house, then how can I do it outside of my house? And my kids will tell you, I'm always telling you, you can, you can, you can, you know, pushing them to try extra things and things of that sort. And it's worked out. Yeah. It's just it, wh- who I am is just who I am. It's not like uh, when I get on radio, or on TV, or in front of people, I become somebody else. I'm this guy twenty four seven. So it's been easy for me to live this life.
0: Yeah. Awesome, man. So I know one of the things that you do is you work with organizations around leadership topics and and communication and and really motivating them as well. So one of the things that I think is interesting is you, you're, you know what it means to be a champion. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who are champions because of their sport, because of where they are and and their individual efforts. But you're a champion based on the team that you are on. So what is it that you share with organizations about how to get to championship level with wh- while you're working with others?
1: I try my best to make sure people understand that no matter how big or small your job, you count. Yeah. You know, I use these analogies when I'm dealing with a lot of things to where I always tell people, you know, if I give you a, a Ferrari and I don't put a spark plug in it, it goes nowhere. Right. It doesn't fire up. But if I give you a jalopy (laughs) and that has that (laughs) spark plug, you know, you're riding up and down the street. You can still go and accomplish things. But you, the person with the Ferrari that doesn't have the spark plug, they're sitting in a beautiful car. Yeah. Do anything with it. Also, the mere fact that I was a special teams player, you know, when I got to the NFL and being a quarterback from eighth grade all the way through college, you know, I was always the focal point. Wow. So when I got to the NFL, I kind of felt like, you know, something was was shortened. And I had a coach tell me, he said, no, 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 whatever you do directly impacts the outcome of a game. Wow. So it took me back to that same mindset of understanding, you know, people on the outside look at special teams or a guy that's not a starter or a kicker or a backup linebacker, oh, you're not a starter. Well, no, the things you do still are very vital for the success of the football team. And when I got that in my head again, you know, I went to work every day as if I was the most important person on the football team. And being a special teams player, it didn't stop me from becoming the leader of the football team, a guy who was not only talking to players and trying to lead them, but also letting the coach understand you're missing the boat when you're talking to these players in the way that you're doing it. You know, so it it all works out to make, make sure people understand you are always important, you know, and you have to take care of your job you know, because a lot of times, you know, you, you, we've all been in business where if we don't do our job, the next person can't do theirs. Yeah. So if yeah. you don't do yours and you can stop the whole the whole trajectory of a, a business, a franchise or whoever. And I just think that everybody has to understand that you have to be completely in to take care of yours for you to for the whole team to succeed communication,
0: motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 Show. Have you ever wondered why some people are able to be remembered so easily? Have you ever thought about why they are associated with certain experiences? Well, it's because they repeat those experiences regularly. They have what is called a signature story. And guess what? You have one, too. You might not know how to find it or tell it yet, but you have one. Here's what I want you to do. Sign up for my free five-day email course and learn how to discover your signature story so that you can tell it, create impact, improve your influence, and even enhance your brand. Sign up for the five-day signature story email course. Check the show notes for the link. And now, back to the show. I love your energy and you don't seem like you are short of stories or words at any point. (laughs) So in in your post NFL career, you, we just mentioned the Brian Mitchell show Uh you've done other things. You've been an NFL analyst for different stations, et cetera. So as we talk about storytelling, as we talk about the communications and the conversations with people, how do you intentionally keep people's attention with, with your storytelling?
1: Well, I I believe that, you know, for me being an NFL football player, people always want to know about your life and what you did. And what I do, I take little anecdotes from my career, you know, from the first time getting into coach Gibbs office. And, you know, he's telling me that the more you can do, the longer you can play, you know, and I didn't understand that moment then. But as I went on, I look back and all those things begin to stick. So I take a lot of sports analogies or I just take life life lessons mm-hmm. and I'll throw it out there to get your attention. And then I bring, you know, my, the message that I want to get into it by using a lot of those things. Because I feel that when an athlete comes up, everyone is they're they're amazed by what you've done on the football field. Right. But by time I leave uh a uh, place where I'm speaking to them or whatever, they understand that nothing I did on the football field is, is, is different than what you do in life. It's the, same, it's the same ways of doing things. It's just that in a football field, I have to use my physicality. Yeah. Off the football field, I got to use my mentality. Wow. And I think ultimately when people begin to understand is this, it's about just doing a little more, learning a little more, treating people with respect, if you do just simple things like that throughout life, you know, you're going to be successful. You know, it's as simple as when I tell people, if you go to Louisiana, mm-hmm. and people are like, man, you know, how, w- what is the difference in Louisiana? I say, well, if you speak to somebody, you may end up at their house for the weekend. <laughs> and they don't understand. what." And I'm telling them, it's just that the eye contact. Yeah. You know, you speak, somebody speak because we're very inviting. And then they start talking to you. They invite you over because we believe in feeding people. And yeah. then all of a sudden you realize that, boom, you're in a relationship, uh, not a relationship, but like uh, a friendship or whatever with someone that you had. You didn't know that you had any idea that you all had uh, similarities. Right. But, but ultimately it's just that opening yourself up a little bit more because we are, I think in life we're too guarded. Yeah. You know, everyone is guarded against something when ultimately the person that you're being guarded against can be that, that spark plug to lead you to success.
0: Yeah. So you're you're in the media and there are a lot of people that, you know, maybe you're, you're there because you're, of your NFL career. Maybe that's mm-hmm. kind of the spark, the spark or the startup for that. If you were to advise somebody who's who is a storyteller who wants to be able to get to that place in in, in media and be successful at it, mm-hmm. what would be one or two things that you would tell them to do?
1: The first thing you have to be all in mm-hmm. and, and truthful. I mean, that's the thing for me. Um, for me, my, my career has worked because I'm honest about what I, th- what I believe, whether, it, whether it's something that's going to be favorable to you or unfavorable. You know, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'll look your eyes and tell you what I feel. And I'm not afraid. Like a lot of times in the media, you saw a lot of people will, they will criticize you all the time, but they're never in your face. Right. And that's the, that's the type of person I did, I did not like when I played ball. Wow! You know, so now if I'm going to say something uh, negative, but I'm saying it because it's just what happened on the football field. It's what happened with something you've done. I'm going to say it, but then again, I will come into your face. So you can have the opportunity to question me. Right. And if you question me, then I'm going to explain to you why I said what I said. And then and I've become cool with a lot of guys that I've had to criticize yeah. because they're not looking at you. They don't want you to get on TV And lie about them, lie about their life. They just want you to be respectful when you do it. And I try my best to do that. And I think ultimately I tell people over and over again, if you're going to do the job, you have to be 100% into the job. When I became a person in the media, I had to leave professional football inside the locker room behind because inside the locker room, you're going to support your guys no matter what, just like we do with family. But I'm not inside the locker room anymore. That's not my job. (laughs) You know, uh, you know, Radio One and and NBC Sports. If I'm going up there trying to be friendly with everybody in the locker room, they won't have me doing the job that I do.
0: Yeah. So since you communicate and you connect with a lot of people, are there things that you do differently now behind the mic than you do in person? No.
1: (laughs) You know, and that's been the the good thing for me and James Brown, uh, JB. Yeah. All right. We all know him, we all love him, and I, th- I think James Brown one day was sitting there. I was at Donnie Simpson House with him, two two uh icons in the media industry right there. Right. And JB said, Man, the way that you handle things, he said, don't ever change that. He said, because a lot of that is not in media. A lot of honesty wow. is not in media. And when he told me that, I was like, I'm never gonna change. And <laughs> you know, and the thing about it, like I tell people. You know, it's just like when you see a person, an actor, yeah. who basically a- plays himself in a movie. That's an easy transition for any one of us. Yeah. So for me, the same way I talk off the mic, I talk on the mic. Mm-hmm. The, same, uh, the same energy, the same drive, the same straightforwardness that I have off the mic, I'm the same way on the mic. Right. So I don't have to change. And I think a lot of people... When they get on radio, TV, they jump into a character. Right. And a lot of times when people see you outside of that, they're like wondering, why are you so different now? You know, so you, it's like you're playing a game. Yeah. So if they see me, whether right now or they see me walking down the street, I'm the same person. I'm going to speak to you. I have a smile. But if it's something that I need to address, I will address it.
0: Yeah. So how do, what's the best or the biggest way that you serve people now? I want to really have some of the listeners get re, reacquainted for some and mm-hmm. connected with, with Brian Mitchell. How, how do you help? How do you serve people?
1: Well, I think every day on my radio show, I come out and I try to talk about some topic that's going to be whether well, it's something just to make you smile. Uh, I want to give a message on a daily basis as to before all this COVID stuff started, I was like, let's be nice to somebody every day. Make somebody mm-hmm. smile, change somebody's life. Yeah. And I think that simple message is something that helps. That's my first way of serving. But then again, my dad died of a heart attack. My mom had breast cancer. Uh, I've been working with leukemia and lymphoma since Bobby Mitchell, who passed away uh, uh, yesterday. You know, yeah. have been uh, I've been working with them since he was a person that we used to lead that way because I followed in his footsteps. Right. So I try my best to do things like that. I'm always out trying to speak to kids to to make sure they understand that. The man that you see in front of you, I didn't start playing football. I started probably exactly where you all are. Right. But I also, I didn't just expect handouts for everything. I had to decide that I wanted to be somebody. And I try to make sure they understand if you just put a little extra work into everything you do, you know, you'll have more opportunity. That's all we ask for in life, opportunity. Okay. And if we get opportunity, then we could have some successes, you know. And over and over, and my mom and dad were givers. They wanted to make sure people... Uh, had a meal here there i work with shelters to make sure people have food and things of that sort and 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 any kid that i think that that just basically looks at me in a certain light i'm going to give my time to them i think that's that's the one thing we've lost yeah that we, we forget that yeah we can give you some money we can we can pay for this pay for that but giving of yourself and your time is more expensive and probably more rewarding to anybody that you help than anybody else. And I don't care that the other people may not know it. Mm-hmm. Just so the people I'm helping understand what I'm doing, it's all that matters to me. Awesome,
0: man. Where can people connect with you online?
1: Online, I'm on uh, Instagram at bmich30. And then uh, I'm also on Facebook, Brian Mitchell. And then uh, on Twitter, it's bmichlive, MBCS. Uh, and then I have my own site, uh, bmich30.com BMitch, uh, is, uh, is my site.
0: Life is a stage and we are the story. No matter where you start out, you don't have to end up there. You can write your own story if only you would believe in it. Is belief enough? No, of course not. You need support. You need some chips to fall your way. You need hard work and you need some coaching. But none of that helps if you never choose belief in the first place. Believe in yourself. Believe in your story and make a difference in the world. Who's next? I don't know if you count speaking as a sport, but we'll have Aaron Beverly, the public speaking world champion for 2019, and former WNBA star Lisa Willis. Yeah, we're overloading on athletes. (laughs) Seriously, subscribe. Leave us a ranking, review a rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, check out the show on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, and more share the show with your friends share the love yeah have a great show idea have a guest you want interviewed shoot me an email at podcast at robert kennedy 3.com that's podcast at robert kennedy 3.com listen i know that life ain't always easy and you got a lot of stuff happening to you but guess what Everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy III, and you've been listening to The rk Show.